Good morning, Seabreeze. We're glad you've joined us today. As Kathy said, go ahead and take your message insert out. Most Sundays you'll have an outline there that you can uh, fill in as I go along, but in this series you'll find a, a blank space, and that's so that you can draw the image that I'm going to draw here on this whiteboard as we go through. Now, of course, you may not be able to see everything I'm drawing on the whiteboard, so we're going to put the images also on the screen. So if you can't see this, then just follow along on the screens as, as we move through uh, the topic this morning. Now, I, of course, don't know what everyone in this room does for work, but I do know that no matter what it is, there are three things that are true of whatever it is you do for work. First of all, your work, like all work, has an area of responsibility. So we're going to put these three words on the bottom here, responsibility. My T was struggling there, so now you can really see what that T looks like. Responsibility is um, the borders that define the limits of your work. So there are tasks that you are in charge of and that have your name on them, but then, of course, there are tasks that you're not in charge of, you're not responsible for. Now, attached to every responsibility is accountability. Accountability. Now, this means literally to answer for something or to give an account. So, if something goes wrong inside your area of responsibility, you're the one that has to answer for it. You have to give an account for what happened and, and, and why it happened and maybe what you're going to do to remedy the thing if it's your area of responsibility. If there is no accountability that's attached to the responsibility that you have, then your responsibility diminishes over time. For example, if you're responsible for sales in a particular region and you're never asked to give an account for the numbers of sales in that region, then what happens over time? Well, you conclude that, you know, it really doesn't matter what I do in this area. And maybe my responsibility or what I've been asked to do really then isn't that important. If, if there is no accountability, if no one asks me to give an account for what I'm responsible for, then this maybe really isn't that important. So accountability is always attached to responsibility. The second element, though, that's attached to the area of responsibility on this side is privilege. Every area of responsibility has a privilege that's attached to that responsibility as well as an accountability that's attached to it. Now, the word privilege is, is a compound word. The first part comes from the Latin privis, which means private, and ledge comes from the Latin, which means law or what is right. So kind of a working definition of privilege is this. It's a, it's a private or a personal advantage that is right. It, it's correct. It goes along with what you really deserve. So, for example, if you're responsible for sales in a region and the number of sales go up in that region, what should happen? Well, your income should probably go up eventually. Maybe not immediately, but eventually your income should go up because there is a privilege that's also attached to your responsibility. If sales go down, well, then you have to give an account for it. If go up, well, then there's a privilege that's attached to that. Now, should everyone in your neighborhood get a raise along with you? No. Why not? Well, because the privilege is private. See, it, it belongs to you. That's because the responsibility is yours, not theirs. And therefore, the privilege is yours and not theirs. But even if the work that you do doesn't have dollars attached to it, if that's not the kind of privilege that comes with it, every form of responsibility has some kind of privilege that comes with it. 
For example, right now my daughter's at home taking care of their two kids. Now that, that doesn't pay money. In fact, that costs them income that she could be earning. But along with that responsibility of raising their two kids comes a tremendous privilege of being able to spend time with them, more time with them at this stage in their life. So that's a different kind of privilege, not necessarily dollar signs next to it, but another kind of privilege. Now, the word that describes <clears throat> these three links is the word just, as in justice. It is a just arrangement when these three are linked together, when they are lined up. It's what is right. So, if you're given a promotion this week and uh, the borders of your responsibility at work expand, but there's no raise attached to it, how do you feel? Well, you feel taken advantage of. And you would be right. Because it's, it's not just to increase your responsibility and not increase your privilege. The, these three are to rise together and fall together. And if they get out of line, then, well, that's, we perceive that as an injustice. And we're right. Or let's say that three months after that promotion, your boss calls you into their office and gets upset with you, mad about you, about a particular performance that is no longer in your area of responsibility. How would you feel? Well, you'd be mad because you're being held accountable for something that you're not responsible for. And these kinds of things happen all the time in life where one of these or both of these get out of line with responsibility. Whenever that happens, nobody has to tell us, hey, that's not right. We, we just feel it on the inside. It's unjust. It's, it's just not correct. And that's because this is the way God has made the world. We read in Psalm 89, verse 14, righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. This is speaking of God. At the very foundation of how God has set things up, of, of his rule over the earth, are righteousness and justice. Righteousness is simply doing what is right before God, doing what he says is right. Justice is doing what is right to other people. And these the way we relate to each other, if these three don't line up, we are not treating each other rightly. We are being unjust. These three are linked together. And if we defy these three, then we are defying the, the very fabric of reality, the very foundation of God's throne, the way he set things up. So in Proverbs 29.4, we read this. By justice, a king gives a country stability. Now, we don't have any kings in this room, but Probably many of you are in some form of leadership, either in your work environment or some other responsibilities. You, you have some kind of leadership. And so if you're, if you're leading in some area, what this is saying is that it is critical that, that in the area that you're leading that you make sure that these three line up, that justice occurs. Because the future stability of what you lead depends in large part on the alignment of these three. And if you add, let's say, responsibility and don't increase privilege, or if you add responsibility and then don't ever check back and there's no accountability for it, you, you are sowing the seeds of weakness in whatever it is you lead, of instability. And, and it may take a while, but eventually things are going to begin to unravel if, if these th three don't get lined up. It, it forms the, the stability in the future. Now, God has designed these three to advance over time. And what I want to talk about mostly this morning is how they advance. God intends all three of these to rise over the course of a life. And he has established kind of like a ladder. 
a ladder that, that allows us to make progress in life, to really climb and advance. And, and we all have a desire to, to improve and, and to advance in life. But there is only one ladder that God provides, and that ladder only works in one of these three positions. Now, if you've read the title of the message today, you've probably guessed where that ladder fits. It's the responsibility ladder. So God has, has placed a ladder over our areas of responsibility. And he said, if you want to climb in life, here's the ladder. This is how you advance. This is how you move forward in life. And as you advance on this ladder, then the other two should rise along with it. In Luke 16, Jesus described the ladder this way. Verse 10, he says, Whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. But conversely, whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. What is he saying? He's saying that this is how responsibility works. That this is why the ladder is placed here. You grow in time by being faithful with the small things, by being faithful and responsible with what you have right now, what has your name on it right now. And if you're not responsible with a small amount, you're not going to get a larger amount of responsibility and therefore a large amount of privilege and therefore a large amount of accountability. You don't get to just start out on rung number eight or whatever the rung is in the area that you're responsible for. You, you have to start out at the beginning. You have to first handle the lower levels. For example, if it's a career, you, you don't start out on top. You start out at what's called an entry-level position. And then rung by rung, you advance and as you prove yourself to be responsible with what you've get, been given and therefore capable of more responsibility. When I graduated from college, I was under the false impression that having done so well in college and having spent so much money going to college that um, I would automatically get work. Well, this was in the 80s, which was the other recession that was compared to the most recent one. And I discovered very quickly that the degree was nice and it did open some doors for me, but the top concern of all of the companies I was interviewing with is they wanted job experience. They didn't really care so much what my GPA was. They, they wanted to know in the area of work that they wanted to give the person they were hiring, they wanted to know, what, is there any evidence of faithfulness in this area before or, or in a rung just below that? And so as a result of that, I, I couldn't find work for three months. I kept looking and looking, and finally, I found a job learning to run a printing press. It had absolutely nothing to do with my degree. But it was about the only thing I could find. I literally had to start at what I thought was below the bottom. I mean, and so I had an area of responsibility. I, I had to learn how to run that printing press, and I was responsible for every piece of paper that came off that printing press. Not a huge responsibility, but that's what I was given. And I was given pay commensurate to that. It was just barely above minimum wage. But that's the only job I could find. And so I started working on that. And I got better and better at learning how to, to do that job. And eventually, I was promoted to handle some things in the front counter of that particular business. And then eventually, as I learned that, I was promoted to shop manager. And with each rung of this ladder, my pay went up and my accountability went up. At first, I was only accountable for what came off that printing press, and eventually I was accountable for everything that happened in that entire shop. But along with that accountability, my pay went up as well. And that just has happened over life. I mean, about 
Eight years after that, and many rungs later, I eventually became the president of a medium-sized advertising agency. Now, I would have preferred to start out there on the privilege scale. But there was no way anyone out of, was going to hire me out of college and say, you know, you look like someone who could run a, an agency with about 20 employees. No one in their right mind would have given me that responsibility. But you see, I wanted the privilege, but I had to earn it by climbing the ladder of responsibility. And that's just the way God has designed life. That's the way it works, not only in career situations, but across the board. You have to be faithful and honest with a little before you get a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more. So let me ask you this. Which one of these three, accountability, responsibility, and privilege, is most attractive? It's privilege, right? That's what we focus on. That's the most attractive part of these three. And that fact is what led to the very first sin. Adam and Eve had been given clear responsibilities. They were, they were told, they were placed in the Garden of Eden, they were told that, to tend it, to, to work in that garden, and as a result, they had the privilege of eating of any of the fruit in that garden. But God put a border around a particular tree and said, this is out of bounds. This is not your responsibility, and therefore it is not your privilege to eat the fruit off of this tree. So what happened to them? It turns out they wanted the privilege of the fruit off the tree that was not their responsibility. And so eventually they decided to step outside of their area of responsibility and take a privilege that was not rightfully theirs. God had said this is out of bounds. And that introduced sin into the entire world. What happened then is they rebelled against God's design, his justice in this matter. And that's what occurs whenever we want privilege apart from responsibilities. We try to slide the ladder over to privilege. You know, we want to climb the privilege experience. We don't want to climb the responsibility experience because, well, this is just plain work. This is, this is the benefit. This is the rewards. And so... Like Adam and Eve, we want to climb this ladder. Now, if you remember being a teenager or if you've had the privilege of raising teenagers, you you understand when this really begins to break loose. Because around adolescence, and even before that, but especially adolescence, what happens is they want all of the privileges and all the freedoms of adulthood. The problem is what? They can't pay for it. Why? Well, they they haven't climbed up far enough on this ladder. So the only way, that, you know, the reason they rebel is because they want all the privileges and they want you to pay for it. And if you don't pay for it, well, then we got a problem because they have a flawed sense of justice because their idea of justice is I should just be able to automatically keep climbing the imaginary ladder of privilege. But there is no ladder under privilege. The ladder only exists under responsibility. But, you know, this isn't only an adolescent issue. This is the problem for every one of us. That's, that first sin put in motion every following sin. And now we are all drawn to rebel. What we want is we want to experience more and more privilege. So whatever level of privilege is here, well, we've got our eye on the next one and the next one, sometimes five or six above this. We, we want to experience privilege independent of responsibility. And this is called rebellion. We try to get as much privilege as possible with as little responsibility as possible. And this shows up in in every area of life. 
mean, this is the reason why there is crime, for example. If someone walks into a bank with a gun and they demand money that they have not earned, other people have earned, they have not earned, but they want this amount of money. And so they rebel. They walk into a bank and by force they take a privilege that is not theirs by right. They commit a crime. They take a privilege that they haven't earned. Or debt. This, this is what drives most debt. Not every debt, all debt, but most debt is driven by this. You know, we want the privilege of having something right now. We don't want to wait for it. We don't want to have to, you know, be more and more responsible and earn more and more so that we could actually save up for and buy that thing that we want. We want it now. We're in a consumer culture, and, and we are told over and over again what we should have by rights. And so we are, we are looking way up this, this line of privilege, but our income is right here. But, of course, there's a tricky way that we can get up here but only earn down here, and that is we go into debt. So we take a privilege that's beyond our ability to afford, that's really beyond the privilege level that's commensurate with our responsibility level. We step beyond the realm of our responsibility, and we go into debt, and we live in a much higher level than we can afford. This is also what's behind the struggle with sexual immorality. God has put the privilege of sexual activity behind the borders of marriage. What, what he has said is this. You take on the responsibility of marriage first. You take the legal and societal responsibility for the future of this relationship and any offspring that come out of this relationship. You do that first. You take responsibility first. And then, once you've done that, then you can have the privilege of sex with this person. That's what God has done said about sex. But we don't want to wait for that. We don't want to be legally accountable for the entire future of the relationship. We just want to have sex. Now, we've defined it as, you know, I love the person, and, and we really do, but still God says, no, that's a privilege. And it's only for those who take the responsibility that comes connected to that privilege. But we want to feel good now, so we take the privilege first. And I could go on and on. This is behind every single temptation to sin. Every temptation to sin is this. Here's the privilege. Take it. Take it. Now, there's often, not every area of sin, but most areas of sin, there's often a, a responsibility that goes with that privilege we want, but we don't want to bear the responsibility. We, we just want the privilege. We want the fruit off of that tree. And so we take it, and we rebel. We take it now. But when we move the ladder of responsibility under privilege, we violate the very foundation of justice, the way God has designed reality to operate. And when we defy justice, what we do is we put in motion the wheels of judgment. So what happens is the guy that walks into the bank with a gun and, and robs, well, Maybe not immediately, but eventually the wheels of justice come back around. And that individual is arrested, and they go to trial, and they are found guilty of the crime, and they are sentenced to prison. They are held accountable for what they did. 
and they experience loss. Whereas before they robbed that bank, <clears throat> they maybe didn't have a lot of money, but they, they had the freedom. They could walk around pretty much anywhere they wanted. Now their freedom is limited to a six-by-nine cell. They took the privilege that was beyond their responsibility. Justice eventually happened. Judgment came, and they experienced the loss because they were held accountable for their rebellion. And justice was served. Now, this doesn't just happen because there's laws that aren't effect. God is the one that's behind this whole process. And that's why it says in Romans 14, verse 12, So then, each of us will give an account of himself to God. What that means is that even if it's not against our laws, if it's against God's laws, if we're taking a privilege that's outside of the responsibility that God has said is attached to that privilege, even if there isn't a law in the country we live in against it, Judgment begins from God himself. The wheels of justice go into motion quietly and silently behind us, and eventually we will be held accountable. And we will experience loss of some kind because we've taken privilege apart from its responsibility. So the person who is living beyond their means financially and going into debt, eventually they declare bankruptcy, and they lose all kinds of stuff. And a culture that encourages sex apart from marriage sees an increase in the divorce rates. They see the impact on families and broken homes and the impact that makes for generations on kids. They see a rise in sexually transmitted diseases, not to mention all of the broken hearts and the broken lives that are left in the wake of this. Judgment occurs in some form and loss is experienced because we've taken privilege that's beyond the responsibility. We've put in motion God's demand for justice. Now, there's, there's all kinds of implications for this. This, this. this little diagram has been so helpful for me over and over and over again in my life, my life as a parent and helping other people. There's all kinds of implications for this. I, I want to just share three of them. Many implications. This has implications for in the political realm and in the eco economic realm. And I want to bring this up because we are in a political season. I'm not going to tell you which candidate to vote for, but I want to explain something that's going on in politics right now. And it's uh, one, of the, one of the evidence of this is what happened just this last week here in the state of California. On Monday, Governor Brown signed uh, into legislation the new law that uh, would, I think by 2021 or something like that, would increase the minimum wage to $15. And in a news conference, what... what picked my ear up on this was in the news conference this is what he said he said this is a matter of economic justice he said this is just this is what's right and you know when you when you hear that you may have the same feeling i do and that is well that that sounds that sounds right because he went on governor uh, brown went on to say that it is unfair he said that so many people have so much money and so many people don't that's what he said. And, and this is a big idea, and it's, it's gaining more and more ground and more and more popularity. The problem with the idea is this. I mean, it feels like, well, yeah, we want people to have more money. And people that have a lot of money, certainly they can part with that and help out those that have less money. I mean, that, that kind of feels like, well, that, that's just, that's, that's right. But the problem is this. 
The way we define justice right now, or fairness right now, is completely in this realm. It's all about privilege. We demand now that everybody should have about the same privilege, irregardless of whether they're responsible or not. So everybody should be about the same. So the problem is that if just because someone has more money than you, that doesn't mean that it's unjust. I mean, if they stole the money, or if they came about the money by immoral means, well, yeah, okay, that's unjust. But if they earned it, if they climbed the ladder of responsibility, or even if their families before them have climbed this ladder and passed on some of this to them, that's not unjust. That's the privilege that is attached to that level of responsibility. You remember the definition of privilege? The first part of that word is Latin for private. What that means is the money is a privilege. It's a private privilege that's earned responsibly. It's private, not public. So it's kind of like the money you earn on your job. I don't have any right to the money you earn on your job. So it's not appropriate for me to look at the money you have if you have more money than me and say, you know, that's just not fair. No, I've, I've chosen the responsibility that I believe God wants me to bear. I, I made a decision to get out of business and to get into this business. And I knew that, that this ladder doesn't pay as well as the other ladder. I knew that. There's all kinds of other privileges though, that come with what I do that doesn't come with what I did before. So I have chosen an area of responsibility, and there are certain privileges that go with it, just like you do. So I can't look just at your privilege and just at my privilege and say, hey, that's not fair. You've got, you got to look at the whole picture. There's some things I'm accountable for that you're not accountable for. Some things you're accountable for that I'm not accountable for. And so there's different privileges that come with that. But what's happening in our culture now is privilege is increasingly being viewed as unfair. Which, you know what that does? That makes privilege a public matter now, not a private matter. It changes the definition of the word of privilege. It's not privy, private anymore. It's public, which means everyone should have about the same privilege. And it separates privilege from responsibility. That's one of the ideas that's really taking root in our culture now. So how do you make... Here's the problem, though. How do you make people that have all different levels of responsibility have similar privileges? How do you do that? You can't do that through justice because that's just not the way the world works. So what you have to do is you have to transfer money from the private sector into the public sector in order to pay for privileges that people aren't earning responsibly. That, that's what's happening. Now, I know this is tax season, and you're probably feeling bad about paying taxes already, so let me just say this out of the gate. This is not an excuse for you not to pay your taxes this Friday, okay? And the reason is because taxes are just, generally. <laughs> they are just. In other words, we have tremendous privilege in this country. You know what we have in this country? We have tremendous protection, military protection. We've got a justice system that it's not perfect, but it is the best justice system on the planet. And that privilege, that protection, we, we, we owe taxes for those kinds of things. And we're able to help in all kinds of areas in the world where, 
where people really can't climb the ladder of responsibility. And that, and that is right and that is good to do. But when any government begins to take money from private citizens who have earned it rightly for the sole purpose of increasing privilege independent of responsibility, weakness and instability begins to be sown into that economy. See, that, that's what's beginning to happen now. So don't vote with not paying taxes. Just vote with your vote on these matters. But I just wanted to make you aware of this. Another implication is parenting. One of, the, one of the responsibilities of a parent is to raise their child to be able to live in the world that is real, that exists. So your responsibility as a parent is to raise your child in a world where these three exist, in a home where these three are lined up. Because if they're not lined up in the home, and they get out in the real world, they're going to discover they're lined up in reality. And one of the challenges we have as parents is we love our kids. Our hearts are attached to them. And our kids are just like us. What do they want? Privilege. They don't, want, they don't come to us saying, could you, could you add a few more chores? I'm looking for some more things to do. I, I want to work a little harder. Not any child I've known, generally. All they're asking for is more and more privilege. And, well, we're busy and we love them. And so it's like, okay, okay. So what tends to happen naturally is our kids, age appropriate, have a responsibility down here, but we're, we're giving them a privilege that's way up here. And what happens is they grow up and they leave the home and they try to find a work and they discover that their boss doesn't care how cute they are. <laughs> doesn't matter at all. Their boss expects them to bear responsibility. If they don't bear responsibility, they don't get paid. They're not like their mother or their father, who says, oh, sure. And, and this is a huge challenge. In fact, this is one of the reasons why uh, what's happening more and more now is increasing number of, of uh, adult children are not leaving home. You know why? Because they can't find a job that gives them a privilege with low responsibility, like they get at home. They get to hang around at home and play video games and, and be fed I mean, there, there's no world in which that happens other than home. So why would they leave that sweet deal <laughs> and go out into the world where people actually expect you to work in order to earn a paycheck? So th this is a challenge for us. And, and we all struggle with giving our kids more privilege than they have responsibility for. My wife and I really... This was something we really worked at. And I know, isn't it, with all parenting, you don't do it perfectly, but you, this is a category you have to have in your mind. So, for example, here, I'll just give you one example of what we did. When our kids, probably about 10, we decided that we were going to give the portion of the clothing budget that was used to spend on their annual clothes, we decided we were going to give that entire amount of money to them for the purpose of them spending money on their clothing. Now, we didn't just dump that money on their lap and say, have a good year and we'll see you at the end of the year and see how it goes. No, no, we coached them and we helped them through that. We explained, here's how much clothes cost. Here's, here's why, here's how we recommend you do that. But they had the complete freedom. If they decided to spend all that on candy, they could do that. Problem is, when the fall rolled around and everyone was buying school clothes, we didn't bail them out. 
See, they, they had to be accountable for the area of responsibility. What happened at that point is their, their clothes moved from a privilege that just showed up and it slid over to a responsibility that they now had. And we kept trying to figure out different areas of their life and different parts of our budget where we could slide appropriately over the responsibility and say, okay, this is yours now. We'll help you with it, but you're accountable for this. They learned how to have sales, they, you know, find sales, they learned how to do all kinds of things. And it was just one way of kind of increasing how to do that. So this is a challenge for parenting. If kids don't learn this, we are preparing them for a world that does not exist, and therefore a world in which they will flounder. And, and this is a real challenge, especially in an affluent area where, where we really can give our kids all kinds of privileges. And it really is fine to give gifts and do those kinds of things, but what I'm talking about is if they experience a life that's here and a work level that's here, you're not helping them. You're not helping them. The last implication, and this is the most important of all, the greatest blessing of life is to make an impact with your life in the lives of other people for all of eternity. That, that's, well, that's at the top of the privilege thing. Money is a privilege. There's lots that can be done with it. But the greatest of all privileges is to impact other people's lives. And after Jesus said, whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much, after he said that in verse 10 of Luke 16, he said this in the very next verse. So, if you've not been trustworthy in handling worldly wealth, who will trust you with true riches? Now, true riches are what Jesus refers to as the greatest privilege of all. They're, they're, they're not just money. They're true riches. And as you read the story that goes around these verses, it's clear that Jesus is talking about people. The, the, the opportunity to influence the lives of other people. That's, that's true riches. And at the end of our life, you know, pretty much everyone discovers what really matters most is, is people, not the stuff. It's the people that you've impacted. That's what matters most. And what Jesus is saying here is, to use our ladder analogy, the first rung on the ladder of responsibility that leads to this privilege is how you handle the money that God gives you. You know, one of the reasons God gives you money is not just so that you can pay for the stuff that you need to survive, not just so that you can experience privileges like going on vacations and things. Those are all valid. But you see, God has another purpose behind giving you the privilege of money. It's, it's his way of testing to see what's really important to you. And Jesus is saying, is, you know, if I can't trust you with worldly wealth, which is very temporary, then why would, why would I promote you? to an even larger responsibility, which is the influence in the lives of people who are eternal. You see, how we handle our money is, is really kind of God's entry-level job on the ladder that leads to the privilege of true riches. That's what he's looking at. That's not all he's looking at, but that's one of the main things. And if we don't handle it the way that God says we should, that by, I mean, by that I mean our money, then he's not going to promote us. I mean, we may get promotions at work and we may get more money, but he's not going to promote us to the privilege of being a real blessing in the lives of other people. West Point is the institution that is charged with raising future leaders for the Army in this nation. And if you look through their training program, it's very fascinating, particularly the responsibilities they give cadets. One of the, one of the key responsibilities they give them is the, the, uh, the appearance of their uniform. 
And one of the things they focus on, they focus on all of it, one of the things they focus on in particular is the shininess of the belt buckle. Now, it would seem like a, a really odd thing to do to prepare someone to lead in battle and to get them focused on shining a belt buckle. Why would that be a responsibility that you want to hold them heavily accountable for in their first few years at West Point? Well, the commandant, I read this book in which he wrote some things, and he said, you know, one of the things you have to realize is that we, we are raising people who will have the responsibility of having the lives of men and women in their hands. That comes with a heavy accountability. And so this is, this is a quote he said that I, I just loved. He said, until you can be trusted to polish a buckle, we're not going to trust you with lives. I mean, it's this whole principle. Let's see if you can handle a belt buckle. We're not going to start you with lives. We're going to start you with a belt buckle. Something temporary, something if you get it wrong, no big loss. But if you can't handle the polishing of a belt buckle, why would we entrust a platoon to you? The lives of men and women. Why, why would we do that? See, you, you have to see what someone does with the smaller. And this is the way it is with God. God is saying, why, why would I entrust you with lives that you can impact for all of eternity? Why would I open their hearts up to you? If, if you can't even handle your money, stuff that's going to be so temporary and gone, prove yourself here, and then we'll talk about a promotion. So let me ask you this. What, what would you... What would you like to uh, experience in your life that would be better? What, what part of your life uh, would you like to find yourself in a better situation than you are in right now? Well, my word to you this morning is start climbing. Now, I know what you're going to hear out there right now is start dreaming. That's fine. You can dream away. But dreams are not, you can't dream your way into a better situation. You have to climb your way into a better situation. You have to get on this ladder. And you know how you get on this ladder? Ask yourself, what am I responsible for right now? Oh, it's a small. Do that better than anybody has ever done it. Then you might get the next rung, and then the next rung. Don't worry about the privilege. That, that follows. Worry about the responsibility. Focus on that. So I've got three next steps for you as we wrap up. Normally I give you kind of a choice, but they, these three come in order. And they're just listed at the bottom of your listing guide. So this is what I would challenge all of us to do this week. Number one, make a list of your areas of responsibility. Just, just identify, these are the things that I'm responsible for. These are the things that have my name on them. And try to understand, you know, what the boundaries of your responsibility are. Then identify, number two, identify the, your weakest area. Which area of responsibility would you honestly say, that I, I'm weakest in this particular ladder, this particular area of responsibility? And then number three, list three ways that you can improve in that area. Just come up with three ways. Something that you can do that, that's very doable in the next month. What could you do in these three ways to improve in this area? As we climb the ladder of responsibility, God grants us privilege, and he holds us more accountable. And when in our world these things get out of line, God eventually will bring judgment and loss when we take privilege that's beyond our responsibility. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for the inside of your word again that shows us what is just true. It's right. We've experienced it. We may not have had this diagram or had these categories, but, well, we know this. I pray for those here this morning that have parents or that have children still at home. 
God, I ask that you'd give them insight into how to raise the level of responsibility and how to keep the accountability and the privilege in line with that. God, I pray that you just give them insight into that. We thank you for um, how you have worked with us. And we pray that we would have the privilege of true riches. And so you would help us to handle our finances right before you. Because if, well, as you said, if we can't be trusted with worldly wealth, why, why would you trust us with true riches? We've only got a matter of decades. And we want to leverage the time here for an impact that is eternal, not just temporary, not just a bank account. So I pray that you'd help us to, to be faithful, that you would promote us to greater and greater influence in things that really are eternal. We thank you for those that are going to be baptized here shortly. We pray that you would, you would grow them, that you would empower them. And we pray this now in your name, Jesus. Amen.